Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. Security authorization accepted. Program complete. Enter when ready. In order to bring their forces to their peak performance level now that the Borg are an imminent threat, Starfleet has issued orders for all of the ships in its fleet to run battle simulations, creating scenarios in which newer superior ships are battling older, weaker ones. In these simulations, all weapon systems are to be rendered harmless to prevent any actual damage from occurring. The Federation has enlisted the aid of the Zarkdorn, a race known for their battle strategy, to help them in this endeavor. The Zarkdorn master strategist, Sirna Kolrami, will run the simulations and assess the performance level of all the combatants. Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of the Battle Bridge podcast. This will be our briefing episode of the peak performance OP scenario that was originally run a long time ago. It was um, actually one of my first uh, OP events. I remember really loving it and I can't wait to play it again. But before we get to that, let's all answer the question. In honor of the Avengers movie, which came out recently, which of the Infinity Gems would you be the guardian of? Hi, my name is Danish, and um, I did watch Infinity War. Um, I, I don't remember from the comics any of this stuff, so it, it's really all that I know is from the Marvel movies. Um, but probably my interest would be in the Space Stone, uh, which allows you to teleport from one place to another. God, that with the amount of travel that I do, the ability to go from one place <laughs> to another instantaneously sounds really awesome to me. I also wonder if you have that stone, how anyone would ever be able to take it from you. Well, true. I mean, I don't know, comics. There's got to be a way, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a way. Um, I'm Chris, and uh, I thought about this, and I was going to be like, oh, definitely the time gen, all the hijinks you could have, and, you know, basically speeding up the time uh, at work so it would go by faster and slowing down and really enjoying my time at home with my family. But um, I think the time gem, it would it would be um, too corruptible. So uh, give me the mind gem. Yeah, because that's not corruptible. Uh, I, I, well, no. <laughs> you well, can read no, other people's really minds and change make their my thoughts. Students, well, I would be like, make my subject more interesting to my students. <laughs> like, pay more attention, you know, stuff like that. The mind gem. Well, I think I'm up. Hi, it's Pete, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking the Reality Stone. I think, uh, I don't know. I've always been well-rooted in reality. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Timothy, cool. a, a guest host for today. Um, and I was thinking about this. I think I would like to be the guardian of the Soul Stone. The, the Soul Stone is able to, uh, in the comics, to... Uh, search somebody's soul and, and, and weigh who they are as a person. I, I, I mean, that, that would be really cool. Yeah. All right. Which means uh, Ryan, who is not here, I think it's left with the Aquaman stone. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, actually, Ryan can't make it tonight. He's got a uh, concert that he is um, the director of. I don't even know. It's a music thing. And there are terms for that. Um, but I am going to be uh, meeting with him tomorrow night and recording uh, his fleet and his thoughts on this OP. 
So speaking of the OP, Danish. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. We're doing we're doing peak performance. Uh, peak performance is uh, an OP that ran uh, quite some time ago, and we've been I've been hoping that we would do it again, primarily because I really want to play Tholians, and I think they would do well in this uh, OP. So when you're setting up for peak performance, you place a planet token directly in the center of the play area, and you set up basically by the standard two-player rules. Uh, you treat the planet as a regular planet token, um, but the big difference is that in this event, you're only combating each other in a battle simulation. In this simulation, ships don't actually get destroyed. All damage is recorded normally, but if a ship would be destroyed, you do the following instead. You remove the ship from the play area and place it on top of its ship card. You remove all damage cards assigned to the ship and shuffle them into the damage deck. You remove all da disabled upgrade tokens from all the ship's disabled cards. You remove any upgrade cards that were discarded by the ship, take them out of the game. And you remove any cards that didn't start the game on the ship from the game. Then you place a critical hit token on the ship's ship card and you return it back into play. You, you, uh, during the planning phase of the next turn, you set the ship up in your starting area, but not within range one of any other ship, and you just continue play as normal. When the ship returns to battle, it, it comes into play with its shields restored to its starting value minus one for each critical hit token on its ship card. Any upgrades that were stolen or assimilated from this ship don't return to the ship when it returns to battle. Uh, the person who stole them still has it. But of course... Uh, if that ship is destroyed that's stolen it, you they lose that card as well. How do you score it? Well, during the battle simulation, players will be awarded fleet points each time an opponent's ship would be destroyed. A running tally is kept during each battle. Those fleet points are a substitution for how normally fleet points are calculated. When a player would normally destroy a ship, they're awarded fleet points equal to that ship's total ship points. If a resource is assigned to a fleet, the player is only awarded fleet points for that resource when all of his opponent's ship's ship cards have at least one critical hit token on them. A resource is, though, not removed from the game after it is scored. The game ends when the time limit is reached. The player with the most fleet points at the end of the game wins the battle round. So that's uh, basically it. The objective is to have the most fleet points at the end of the game. And you get yeah. plus five fleet points for each critical hit token that your opponent has on their ship cards at the end of the game. Yeah, so this one is, each round is going the distance. Yeah, they're all going to the full hour. So, all right. That brings us to... And uh, just to point out, oh, oh, uh, sorry, just one last thing. To point out that in our uh, OP... Uh, our house rule still stands that hidden explosives is still banned from competitive play. Yes. And um, I looked this up on Wharf because uh, uh, Timothy, you had asked about the Ferengi captains and gold press latinum tokens. Um, the board captains do not regain all of their uh, un uh, spent uh, board tokens. So gold press latinum tokens once spent don't come back you would come back with the only what you had left when the Frankie captain is a ship is all right up. so you have you have what you start with and then you just spend it throughout the game and it doesn't ever come back yes awesome yes that makes sense i think that's a legitimate uh that's a not a legitimate ruling of course it's legitimate but i think it's a logical ruling i agree yeah yeah otherwise 
why would Frankie be super powerful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that brings us to, I think, the point of the podcast that everybody looks forward to. Fleets. Uh, Danish, what are you uh, going to be bringing? Well, like I said at the at the top of the podcast, I've been waiting for doing peak. Ple- ple- I've been waiting to do peak performance for a while because what I desperately want is to fly a Tholian fleet that can actually be competitive, and I think in peak performance the Tholians can. Um, so my fleet is six Tholian ships, uh, starting with Tholia one. Uh, it's got a Ferengi captain, Prak. Uh, is Captain six, Captain Skill Six, and uh, the cool thing with Prack is he comes with two GPLT, but in the activation phase he can spell spend one GPLT and target an opposing ship at one to two, and the controller of the target ship chooses one of the following: they get to repair one damage to my ship's hull or shields, or they can't perform any actions this game round. I think that's a a great uh, skill to put on a, a Tholian ship. I've given him a Gint as an Admiral. Gint gives him two more GPLT. And the cool thing about Gint is, if you're supposed to spend GPLT, you could roll Defense Dice uh, in order to perhaps not have to spend it. And I've put Rules of Acquisition on as an Elite Talent on Gint, and uh, that gives me six extra GPLT. So I've got a total of 10 GPLT to start the game, and I may not have to spend them uh, when I use Praxability. So I think that gives me a whole lot of flexibility for that ship. It's also got the energy web uh, weapon on it, which it can do as a free action, uh, or, uh, yeah, as a free action uh, it, during its turn, because it's the Tholia one. Uh, my second, now, now oh, go right ahead. I, I, I gotta, I remember I've played against Tholia one, and I don't know who was running it, um, but I want to make sure it's clear. What ha- was happening was the person was using it to do two Tholia webs in a turn. And be, even though it's a free action, you can still only do that action, that energy web action yes. once. Yes. Right, yeah, that's a good clarification, I, but that's how they, I understand it as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just like when I first started playing, I remember playing against a Tholian ship, and I didn't know that that was not the way it would have worked. But So just clarify. Yeah, that's a good clarification. Hmm. Uh, of my remaining five ships, two of them are generic Tholian starships with the Tholian pilot as the captain and energy web as a weapon. Uh, Tholian pilot is uh, a generic. Uh, it can be used on a bunch of different uh, ships. And then the remaining three ships are generic Tholian starships with generic independent captains and the energy web weapon. The idea behind the fleet yeah. is just to um, start spinning webs and um, make the webs absolutely devastating to any ship that might happened across them. Uh, the webs stay into play as long as there's a single Tholian ship uh, remaining on the board, and with peak performance, uh, that's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, the, uh, this is devastating. Um, just one note on your list, you don't actually have to bring the, the independent captain cards anymore because of the new rule uh, rules that said if you don't have a captain, it's the captain's still oh, one. okay. So, Great. So, I didn't yeah. know about that really. Yeah. So it's 130 uh, um, point total. Cool. All uh, right, Chris, what's uh, your fleet like? I'm up next. Yeah, I'm up next. Um, this is not the fleet I'm going to run, 
Um, mainly, I'm going to switch. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to switch out. But I have three generic Vorchas with three fi- Federation fighter squadrons. And you got one of those uh, as and, the named squadron and the other is... Yeah, yeah it, it's the named squadron. And that brings me exactly to 130. I'm going to change this out. I'm going to run Constitution classes instead of Vorchas. Uh, I'm not going to run the named fighter squadron. And I'm going to have... Um, uh, cloaked mines and a Verderon pulse trap and probably Savic on a ship to bring me back up to 130. Um, normally I would shy away from the uh, cloaked mines, but if I'm going up against a bajillion Tholian webs, I don't see how cloaked mines are any less. You know how it's any any different? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'll be you'll be rolling like a thousand attack dice against me for because I I don't remember how the web works. Isn't it like you roll a die? One attack die for each token. Um, it, it's crazy a, like that. one attack dice for every two tokens. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll be rolling only half a billion. That's tokens. my plan. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm hoping for half a yeah. billion, approximately. That's better. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I don't see how having two cloak mine tokens to kind of corral you is going to be so so unfair. Is that um, is that two cloak mines or one cloak mine and uh, Verdarn pulse? Two cloak mines and Verdoran Pulse. Oh. Yeah, and Pulse Trap doesn't do any right. damage. Yeah, I know. And really, if you look at the ruling, doesn't do anything. <laughs> All you gotta do is just take a green. <laughs> yeah. But it forces you to take a green. So that's my plan on it. Uh and it's a straightforward build. I and it's a, I, I'm switching to the constitution classes because they can back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm getting too close. I'll just back up. So, and the 180 firing arcs are are really oh, important yes. too. Honestly, the truth so truth that... for me is, I'm not expecting to win with the Tholians, but I wanted a chance to try to play <laughs> them uh, in a place where they might be competitive. Oh, I think you ha- if you can, because you don't suffer damage from them yourself. No, I do don't. You? So you can easily take out fleets with this because you just get a little arc going uh like cordon off an area uh that somebody else would have to go through to get to your ships yeah and that's it and especially since the tholians can do white come about maneuvers yeah so uh and uh that brings our alphabetically to pete (laughs) hey so um I went with an alls, well, almost all Zindi fleet. Uh, the only change to the Zindi is that I added a um, car mm-hmm. and his stalking mode. But I, so I'm bringing two aquatic carriers. Both of them are going to be having um, particle beam weapon on them. Uh, one is going to be flying with Degra as the captain. The other one's going to be flying with Car. And on Car's ship, we have, as I said, stalking mode. And also torpedo fusillade. Now remember, with the fusillade, you're only going to get to use it once. It's yeah. not going to come back. I know. I, I I was really rushing to make this fleet tonight. I just I don't have a lot of time right now because of work. So I'm just like throwing something together, and I'm uh, like, just you know, a reminder. Yeah. In general, on that, it's going to be a that's yep. going to be a good weapon against both Chris's fleet and mine. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, stalking mode is also a, a discard, so it's going to go 
as soon as that ship goes down, I'm going to lose those things. Anyway, so then the yeah, but stalking mode will persist. Oh, will it? Yeah, it's a it's the it's for the game. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, interesting. And wait, stock. I'm sorry. Yeah, stalking mode affects Captain Skeleton. So when that yeah, yes, reduces the right. Yeah, that that but persists. would it go away oh, okay. when either of the ship, either the ship that has stalking mode on it, or the ship that was hit with stalking mode are destroyed? Like if I use stalking mode on one of your ships and then that ship is destroyed, does the token go away? Or does it come back when the ship comes back? Um, I'm going to take a look at the wording on stalking mode. Uh, targeted ship at range 1 to 3. The target ship's uh, skill number is reduced. Last until the end of the game. Until the end of the game. So I would say it stays. Oh, wow. wow. That's powerful. All right. That's more than I... Th- I did not realize that. I just thought it was going to be the first, you know, yeah, that, thing and it would be gone. Last time I played peak performance, I, I ran stalking mode and uh, the it was at a, a different venue, but the TO ruled it differently that time. This was during our right. Albany sojourn. Yes. <laughs> well, I would say if it's until the end of the game then it persists because you're not really destroying the ships. I mean, they're resetting other things that I don't think that's a bad ruling. I think it's a good ruling. No, it's good. Yeah. And, and that's what, when we went into the game in Albany, that's what Timothy was assuming it would uh, be ruled as, but right. the TO ruled differently. All right. All right. And then on to my other two ships. I only have four ships in this build. Um, the final two are both insectoids, uh, starships of the Zindi fleet. One is being flown by, Kiafet Amansor, and he has the Zindi torpedoes. And then the other one is being flown by the Insectoid Commander, and he has photon torpedoes. I just thought it might be good to give them a little bit more punch. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to make a recommendation that you switch those out for the Ferengi torpedoes oh, yeah. uh, to, to give the automatic um, ox power tokens. That'll oh, okay. also give you the extra point. Uh, we're, we're noticing here that you have uh, Torpedo Fusilade on as a Zindi card. Um, on your oh, did I? I'm so sorry. Team. I and it would it would cost. Oh, when I wrote it, uh, I believe. What's the uh, primary weapon? Oh, of the that's right. Aquatic cruiser. Uh, hold on a second. One second. Um, I think it's four, so it would be a okay. five point. So yeah, if you if you swap it so, out yeah, for Ferengi torpedoes, you have the extra point for that anyway. Oh, what's the uh, Ferengi torpedo cost? Only two. Two. Oh, okay. And it's a, a, gotcha. It's a Ferengi, which is under independent like faction, them. so you could put it on as independent. Mm. Oh, okay. I, th- I think I have them, so. And if not, you can always borrow from me. Yep. All right, thank you. Uh, like I said, I was rushing to, to put this together, so I missed that, but thank you. Yeah, that's um, what we're here for. And then the final card in my fleet is Copilot as a resource. I haven't run a resource in a while. I forgot about them. <laughs> and that brings us to Timothy. All right. And his fleet. Yeah. So uh, I am running uh, the Interceptor. I actually I have it in the fleet sheet as Interceptor 8, but I'm actually running Interceptor 5. Uh, nope. Oh, you, in, invalid run. Invalid fleet. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. Actually, I, I have the 
I'm sorry, I have the wrong <laughs> card here. Uh, I am running Interceptor 8. That's the one that gives you an extra attack die if you are outside of the target ship's firing arc. Um, okay. The captain is Jean-Luc Picard 8. Uh, that's Ahab Picard or Hate Picard or Space Racist Picard, depending on what you want to use as the nickname for him. Um, <laughs> I'm using uh, Matt Decker as the admiral on that ship. Uh, he's the one that allows you to target a ship within range 1, which includes this ship. Uh, the target ship gains plus 1 attack die and suffers a damage to its hull. I have two copies of the talent I Stab at Thee, uh, which allow me to roll three attack dice uh, on all ships at range 1 if my ship is destroyed. Those ships do not roll defense dice against the damage, and it does not get discarded. Uh... Then I have... But you can only activate one of them at a time. Right, but, uh, yes. Uh, oh, you're saying, uh, only one of them when the, each time the ship would is destroyed? Would activate. Yes. Oh, interesting. Because you, you can't perform the same action twice. Well, it's not an action. It's not even an ability, and I have two no. copies of the Sorry. card. Sorry. Well, it is an ability, but it, 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 it's a, it, it's not an action. Um, I'm pretty sure you can only activate one of them. On a blow up, and I will check uh, the rules form is on that. All right. Well, um, as you continue. While he's doing that, I also have Tasha Yar on the uh, ship. That's from the Mirror Prakash. Uh, allows me if the ship was destroyed, I discard the card to target an enemy ship within range one to three. I get a free attack against that ship with four attack dice. If the target ship is in my forward firing arc, it rolls minus two defense dice. I have Goval to prevent Tasha from being discarded. I have Chemocyte from the Ferengi faction pack to uh, boost my maneuvers. And I have Ramming Attack from the Valjean. Uh, it's an attack. I uh, perform a one straight, and if I overlap another ship, I destroy my ship and roll six attack dice against that one. I believe it's minus three defense dice against that attack. Oh, wow. Um, so this is a, a suicide ship. This is a suicide Bajoran interceptor. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> modeled after uh, a build that uh, David Montgomery came up with a long time ago. Uh, he put it on the Reliant, um, but I've I've put this onto the interceptor, and uh, I don't need cheat death with this one, which was on the original build, because it's peak performance. Uh, the other thing is that the interceptor doesn't have any shields, so I don't even get a penalty for being destroyed. Uh, <laughs> the idea is that uh, if even if my opponent doesn't attack me, I can still use Matt Decker's action on my ship, uh, deal myself a damage, and boost my attack at the same time. Um, and Picard gives me an auto crit against uh, one specific faction, uh, so that might help with the uh, quality as well. Uh then I have the Gressrill, that's the new uh, Gorn starship. Um, the captain is Khan Singh, that's uh, battle station convert to crit Khan. I have the talent Yellow Alert, I can discard it to get an evade or a battle stations at the start of the combat phase. I have Bohika, if I have a battle stations beside my ship, I can convert a blank to a hit when I'm attacking. Sakona to add a weapon slot and discount some of my weapons. I have the Federation card Rapid Reload, uh, that I can disable it to place only one time token on a weapon instead of placing the full amount. And I have Disruptor Bombardment from the new Gorn pack, uh, 
that lets me place a mission token within range 1 to 2 in my forward firing arc and then target all ships within range 1 of the mission token with 4 attack dice. Um, so that ship is designed to make a whole bunch of attacks and make them often. Uh, then I have the Defiant 1764 with Captain Hazar. Hazar uh, allows me to... Uh, well, all attacks made against my ship are at minus one attack die if I'm at range one of a planet. I have Type 8 Phaser Array and Upgraded Phasers. I have uh, William T. Riker from the USS Hood, gives me an extra defense die. And Savic, uh, if I'm within range one to two of a planet token, I can convert a blank into an evade. And lastly, I have just a little bit of points filler here. I have uh, generic Ferengi Klingon Burrell with Captain Berta. Uh, he's got three GPLT. Uh, he can spend one of them to increase or decrease a uh, captain's skill that's nearby him. I have Quark, who is hiding uh, Ferengi Photon Torpedoes. And I have Torpedo Fusillade. Total fleet points. Total fleet points are 130 SP. I am not running resource. Looks formidable. The idea with this is, um, I, well, I, I, obviously I have the suicide ship, which the goal is to blow itself up and uh, <laughs> roll a bunch of attack dice against all of those ships that are nearby it. Um, but the Gress Swill uh, is doing a bunch of attacks. The, uh, the Defiant 1764 is rolling five attack dice with some decent quality and is very defendable. And uh, even the Ferengi Klingon starship, uh, because it has the Ferengi torpedoes and torpedo fusillade, is uh, still a rather formidable ship, uh, and the GPLT just makes that even better. So uh, I have a lot of... Uh, all four of my ships are viable targets, except maybe the suicide ship, because you don't want that one to blow up. Um, but even if you don't attack it, uh, it... it will blow up within a couple of rounds. It's like a ticking time bomb, almost. <laughs> so, well, it's like the time bomb that keeps on yeah. giving, because every turn yeah. oh, keeps yes. coming back. It's the time bomb that goes back in time, and uh, it, it uses the time stone to go back in time and uh, blow itself up once again. I just think this is going to be a, a hoot to play this fleet. I don't know, I, I don't oh, know if this is going to be... A, a good competitive uh, fleet. I mean, uh, it, it it's a, a 42 point ship, uh, so it only is good if I'm able to take out uh, 42 points every time it blows up. Um, but even if I don't win with it, it's gonna be a lot of fun to play. <laughs> yeah. So um, while I could not find anything on I stab at thee, I did contact Robert Fletcher, and yes, you may roll, you may activate both of those abilities. And I would say Tasha Yar as well okay. um, uh, on one uh, explosion. Awesome. One Thanks, Robert wow. Fletcher. Great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very, very much. So, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a very interesting OP if we oh, yes. <laughs> run the fleets that we mentioned here. I, um, I can't wait um, to hear Ryan's fleet. Oh, man. I'm guessing Romulans. Um, Probably. R Romulans or Borg. He likes them both. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him about it tomorrow. Um, I'll, give him, um, I'll give him a brief rundown of... What's that sound? He'll see what we have. I hear the news chopper. <laughs> the chopper? The chopper! The news chopper? <laughs> All right. So, 
It's a news roundabout. 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 Yes. <laughs> news roundabout. All right. So uh, one of our players is getting married on May twelfth, which would be our normal uh, date for playing this. So uh, I want to say uh, for the Battle Bridge podcast, congratulations to Joe and his lovely bride, who I've never met. So she I, I she is lovely, name. actually. It's accurate. Um, her name's her name's Sarah, she, uh, and uh, she is very lovely. She's pretty great. Uh, we here at Battle Bridge Podcast wish you both peace and long life. May your nuptials be satisfactory and your honeymoon logical. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, this peak performance event will be held at the Dragon's Den in Wappingers Falls. That's uh, 939 New York Route 376. Uh, we're going to hold it on May 19th at 2 p.m. So we hope to see you there. Um, I, I did. Uh, Alan uh, from Ottawa said noted. And uh, <laughs> Scott said that he wouldn't be able to make it, which is unfortunate. Oh, but uh, we're hoping to see as many people who as who are available to make it come and play because we love this game and we love playing. I hope that everybody who comes brings a goofball build. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. I'll switch it up and I won't run what I just said I was going to run. I'll make something interesting. (laughs) It's not like I haven't built a whole, uh, several fleets. Several. Yeah. I I, I remember the understatement. You say you built like 10 fleets for this event. (laughs) I think the number was 14. Well, no, that's how many, 14 and a half is how oh, many each yes, person can right. run. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. At the same time, like, you have to be playing them all against yourself. It's, it's, it's complicated. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'll bet I'll win that yeah. battle. Yeah. yeah. I'll also lose it, but, you know. Yes. It averages out. So, yes. All right. so before we go, um, I think we just wanted to say a, a very... Um, Warm welcome to Timothy, and thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, you're always, yeah, you're uh, always welcome, Timothy. It's an honor to be here. I enjoyed this quite a lot. Which brings us to the conclusion of this episode number 25 of Star Trek Attack Wing Battle Bridge podcast. We've been previewing the unofficial peak performance OP at the Dragon's Den in Wappagers Falls, New York. Uh, this is Danish House. I had the opportunity... Uh, actually last weekend to be at the William Shatner weekend up in Ticonderoga, New York. If you don't know it, but uh, Ticonderoga, New York, uh, there is an official Star Trek uh, set tour. Uh, the uh, James Cauley superfan, uh, James Cauley has built an identical replica to the sets of the original series Enterprise uh, in an old Dollar General store in Ticonderoga, New York. Uh, he got a hold of the blueprints of uh, the original sets from uh, Paramount, Paramount Studios, uh, Desilu Stage 9, and he built the sets exactly to the centimeter uh, with, the, with the absolute correct colors and all of the, all the doodads all done perfectly well. Um, and he built it in a Dollar General, and, um, at, and he got it licensed by, Star, by uh, CBS Pictures so that it's an official... Star wow. Trek, basically an official Star Trek museum, and you can go, and for $22.50 a ticket, you can go in and you can tour the sets of the original series Enterprise. Um, and I... You mean... Sorry? The entrance price... The, you mean the entrance price is not an exact amount of a dollar? <laughs> it's twenty two fifty. I mean, it was in... It, 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 if it's in a dollar general, it should be either 22 or 23. <laughs> or one in a dollar general. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought Dollar General was everything's just an increment yeah, of a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and I got to tell you this. I, so I, I went there. This, William Shatner was there this last weekend. And so I, I went as a member of the press. I work for TrekMovie.com. So I went to, to, to uh, be a, a representative of Trek Movie, and I got to interview William Shatner. I got to sit in the captain's chair. I got to interview him while he was sitting in the captain's chair. Uh, I got to sit in the captain's chair myself, took the set tour, interviewed James Cawley, interviewed uh, Mike and Denise Okuda, interviewed... Doug Drexler interviewed Darren Doctorman, a lot of also a lot of fans. Uh, it was a really tremendous weekend. But what I had to say to you is, is if you're listening to this podcast and you love Star Trek, which you probably do, um, it is worth the trip uh, from virtually anywhere to see these sets. I mean, this is this is the sort of thing that a Star Trek fan for a Star Trek fan, you walk through those sliding doors onto this set, and. Uh, Everything in your life goes into a very different perspective. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost a religious experience, and I'm that's coming from a religious man. Uh, uh, it is it is a tremendous experience. Uh, it was breathtaking. It was awe inspiring. Um, I was I was wrapped. I, I can't wait to bring Timothy there and my daughter Evelyn and, and let them see the sets. Um, during William Shatner weekend, there were people there from as far away as Israel and um, and South America, um, wow, who came to uh, meet William Shatner on the sets of the original series Enterprise. I know that uh, during even during the regular season, people come uh, from far and wide to see the sets, and uh, it is it's because it's it's worth it. I mean, it really is a tremendous tremendous trip. Um, so. Really if cool. you get the chance to go, I want to recommend that you go. And that's my that's my sign-off advice. If you can go to the set tour, start, the official Star Trek set tour, um, any way you can, by hook or by crook, get there and, and take a look. They're really fantastic. So that's been our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. This is Danish signing off. Live long and prosper. Unfortunately, Ryan won't be able to record a segment with me. Uh, he ran into some difficulties, and we just weren't able to make it online together so he won't be contributing to fleet this week but i'm sure he will be playing in the event and be with us again during the debrief program complete